I realized that when your plan is taken away from you, you have nothing but potential in front of you. Hey, and welcome to this Passionate Life podcast. We tap into what it takes to turn your passions into profits with intimate talks with women who are walking the talk. This is your host, Stephanie Zito, intuitive solopreneur mentor for women who choose in favor of alignment, abundance, and happiness. Come find me on Facebook at Stephanie Zito Coach and hit subscribe so you don't miss a beat of this podcast to raise your vibe and align with your best life. So we are here live with Carly Marie inside of the Successful Soul Purpose Entrepreneurs Group. And Carly Marie, I'm just so glad to have you here because I feel like I've been orbiting in and out of your world for a couple of years and really just seeing you just skyrocket. And that's really what I'm here is to capture some of that magic for those who really want to like turn our passions into profits. Mm-hmm. So Carly Marie is a Wall Street Journal and USA Today bestselling author, and she's here to change everything. I 100% know that to be true. She's here to share a new way of living and model a new form of leadership. She's here to lead the leaders. As a mad scientist of motivational intelligence, Carly developed a deep understanding of how women work, what motivates us, what drives us, and what holds us back. She's an online educator, renegade researcher, sought after speaker and creator of the binge worthy podcast, Go Hack Yourself, which I heard you're changing the name, right? Yeah, Genius Unleashed. I actually got the new graphics sent to me this morning by the graphic designer. So uh, probably by the time this is out, it will have changed to Genius Unleashed. I've just got to nail the perfect graphic for it first. Yes, love it, love it. So with her bold teachings and revolutionary frameworks, she empowers women all over the world to live differently. Since coming out last year with her groundbreaking book, Soul Modes, a Netflix-style documentary, The Soul Modes Movie, she's holding nothing back. When she started doing her business and life purely driven by what her soul asks for, everything changed. Decisions became easier and creativity flowed. Her work and her life are not these two separate things competing for her time. Her work enriches her life and her life enriches her work. For her, working just feels like living. I'm going to stop with us there because I feel like this is like, and we're done. <laughs> a lot. There's a lot there. <laughs> No, it's great though, because this is what I feel, you know, as I've, as I mentioned, as I've sort of seen you and I've kind of orbited in and out of your world, I've really just seen you live this and, and grow your genius. So welcome. Thank you. (laughs) What I would love to do as we start is just to kind of go back to, uh, to sort of the beginning roots of when, you know, I know you talk about being a divorced single mom. And I know this calls to you know, many women who are in this group, just what, what was going on for you when this, when this journey sort of began? Like, what did you start with? Um, I guess, I mean, there's different points in time we can go back to, but if we go something like five-ish years ago, uh, single mom, living with my mom, running a little side business. Um, I was on a single parent payment. I had just started going to university. I wanted to, I knew that I liked to write. So going through my separation journey, writing was therapeutic for me. I would write about my feelings. I discovered journaling. Um, I had, I already had a little blog that was kind of just something to do when I was, you know, wanting to use my brain in a different way when I had a little baby, I had a two-year-old at that point. And I realized I was kind of 
half decent at writing. And so I decided to go to university. I had kind of this freedom now. My daughter would go to his dad's a couple of days a week and I was living with my mom. I had a lot of help there. Um, emotionally, I was pretty shattered, but as my marriage had ended, I didn't want that, but that's what happened. And so I was doing a lot of soul searching, one might say, one might say I found myself or something like that. I was running a little side business, um, getting a single parent payment, going to uni. And I, I guess throughout that process, I was a resume writer. Um, that was my little business. And so I had a background in human resources. And then people, I started teaching other people how to start their own little resume writing business, just like I had done. And that really took off. And then those people wanted me to teach them more stuff about how to manage time, how to do it around little kids and all that sort of stuff. And then people wanted to know how I made my course and how they can make courses. And, and it kind of blossomed from there. In terms of the motivational intelligence piece, I think that's something I've always been interested in and always kind of read about and things like that. I didn't, I didn't, I hadn't coined the term motivational intelligence at that point. Um, I kind of came up with that later, but when I, I mean, before I had children, I worked at a not-for-profit called the Reach Foundation, which was about basically personal development for teenagers. And so I was exposed to a lot of really cool concepts and being a not-for-profit, we had all these different volunteers from all these amazing places come and speak to our staff and our crew. And so I was exposed to some really interesting personal development concepts. And then my life fell to pieces. So I kind of started to draw upon these tools, these things that I'd learned about what to do when you're not okay. Um, so everything was pretty kind of okay up to that point. So I figured out who I really kind of am underneath that, oh, I wanted to have, you know, two children and the perfect husband and the perfect little house. I realized that when your plan is taken away from you, you have nothing but potential in front of you. My plan was taken from my hands and ripped to shreds and set on fire. This plan that I had, suddenly I was living with my mom going, who the hell am I and what the hell, if, who am I if I'm not his wife, right? And so... I realized that that was actually nothing but incredible potential in front of me. And so I went, what do I actually want from my life? I didn't know anything about manifestation or anything like that at that point. But I think that's, that's kind of what I was doing. It's going like, what do I want? And what if anything was possible from this point? And um, so I don't know. It's bit by bit, step by step has blossomed from there. I wrote a book. It became a bestseller. I mean, I just did thing after thing after thing that felt right. I just said yes to my soul over and over and over and over. I haven't said yes to everything my soul's asked me to do. There's plenty of things that never saw the light of day, but a lot of it has. And that's how I got here. And that's how I intend to keep going, I suppose. Yeah. Well, what's so interesting to me, well, for one, we have something in common. I used to work for kind of leadership programs for teens and at-risk teens too. And I've always been this junkie for like personal development, like kind of getting beneath the surface or like, who are you? And what really stood out to me that gave me chills is when you said, like, I want to cry. Like when everything falls to pieces, what you have in front of you is full potential. I'm just like, wow. <laughs> because I think that's so important, you know, especially when we get to those hard parts, like that's when you have full potential. And what it seems like for you is like, you just kept choosing, choosing in favor of saying yes to that next thing. Like you chose in favor of that yes. You kept choosing in favor of that yes. I'm just curious if at any point, because I know, you know, working with clients, I'm sure you see this too. Like if, did you ever, you just seem fearless. Does Carly Marie feel fear? And if so, what does she do with it? 
Yeah. It wasn't that long ago that I was afraid of everything. <laughs> like no. seriously, like I'm the girl who makes sure all the doors are locked before I go to sleep. Like, you know, the, I'm really, I do. Um, but I suppose what I've learned how to do is figure out what is conditioned belief and what is core truth. Yeah. So yeah noticing when I'm telling myself all sorts of stories about who do you think you are to do this I there's a big bold move I want to make and I think I've become kind of the queen of big bold moves right I think that's what a lot of people see and they're like how do you just do that right like I reached recently reached out to someone who's who has been a mentor of mine for a long time um who's much bigger audience than me makes more money than I do and I reached out and said let's run something together let's make a course together and I'm just like god this is ballsy who do I think I am like she could easily just laugh and go are you kidding like who do you think you are being alongside me you know on a stage basically and um but I'm just like hold on what's truth here is she the kind of person that's gonna laugh at someone or is she gonna is she the kind of person who um is actually going to really respect how bold that move is and he's actually gonna be like hey I see some value here right um and so making like that, that's just an example of the sort of moves I might make right yeah. but I kind of go okay who do you think you are well is that core truth <laughs> that I'm not someone that should be making that move or is that conditioned belief that you know get back in your box little girl kind of thing that's conditioning right. and the thing about conditioning is that as long as you continue to operate based on your conditioning, then your conditions won't change. The conditions you're living in will not change. Unless you start to say no to some of that and go, what's my core truth underneath this? And that's what happened was when I had nothing, like, I mean, I didn't have nothing. I wasn't living on the street. I was, I was safe. I was okay, but I just didn't, all the walls had fallen down. All my boxes were taken from me. My plans were taken from me. So it was like, well, what's actually true for me? Because I'm questioning everything. This man who I have loved, who I have given a whole bunch of my life to, has actually been telling me some untruths for like a good year and a half now. Mm -hmm. And so I was suddenly like, nothing is real. Nothing Mm -hmm. is real. So what do I want to be my truth? And so it was actually the most, I, I bow down and thank him now. For that because I'm like you made me see that I was just everything is an illusion and we get to choose what our truth actually is going to be in this life and if it doesn't feel good then it's not your truth so yeah. choose it choose your life choose the moves you want to make choose so that every step you take gets to be an expression of who you really are it gets to be an expression of your core truth and the, the scary part of that is the people with pitchforks that we think are going to come yes if we really go be in the world as who we really are. But the thing is, you just build this energetic gate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is like one of those, you know, those doors that it's like, I was talking about this in my course this morning, these doors, these doors where it's like, you can go out, but not in, like there's a handle yeah. on the inside, but not the outside. I feel like I've got these energetic gates that pitchforks can't pierce. Like they can't mm-hmm. come in. Love can come out of me though. I can love you even if you hate me. (laughs) It doesn't mean I'm going to come and like be in your life. I can still send you love from where I'm sitting. So that's kind of like that is like the pitchforks can't get me. If I grow as a person, this is why I want to help people build fame and wealth proportionately. Because if you build fame, but not wealth, like, you know, a lot of the influencers out there, for example, they're doing it for free stuff and whatever. They're very well known, but they haven't actually created a business from it. Yeah then they don't necessarily have the income to have a team of support staff that check their social media and delete the shitty comments. They don't necessarily have, I don't know, they want to have a security system on their home or something like that. Um, 
I want to help people build wealth and fame at the same time proportionately. So if you've got millions and millions of followers, you can also have great big gates on the front of your house physically, literally, if you want, you know? Yeah, exactly. No, I love that. And what's so interesting is when you mentioned that uh, about partnering with someone who's even kind of at a mm. level economically more than you, I mean, you're on track for a million dollar year this year. You went mm. from being on what we would call in the States, like sort of welfare on assistance yeah. to, yeah. to a million dollar year. And not that, not that long of a time. Yeah. So, yeah, so I did. So I did two six figure years. Mm -hmm. um, and then the following year I started doing six figure months. Um, I mean, it fluctuates last month. It was not a six figure month. Um, so who knows at some point this year, it's looking like I will hit like a million dollars in 12 months. Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, that's reliant upon me continuing to grow and all that sort of stuff. It's like, I got to show up for that. So that's not guaranteed, but certainly in terms of the growth, I mean, yeah, like yeah, I did two yeah. six figure years. I went from welfare to two six mm -hmm. figure years in a row, about 120,000 Australian dollars. And then the following year, and a couple of things happened in that time. I wrote my book and put my book out into the world. I'm very focused on being stumble uponable. So that's what I'm doing right now. There will be people who stumble upon me who didn't know who I was because I'm here doing this interview. I'm not being paid for this interview. I'm giving an hour of my time. Now I could have done a coaching session and made a thousand dollars in this time, but I'm not, I'm not sitting there coaching people all day long. I've got group programs. I've got all sorts of things people can come into, but I'm very focused on being stumble uponable. Yeah. so that people can stumble upon me and come and buy my stuff and there's new people coming in all the time now you're only going to ever do that you're only ever going to go and be interviewed on people's podcasts etc if you feel safe to be seen by someone who doesn't already like you and there are a lot of people who yeah. are only willing to be seen by people who already like them so yeah. they kind of hide they hide their stuff away mm -hmm. and so, um that's what i want to help people for those people who because i definitely understand that like those people who are in that sort of safe zone like in that example you know, where you, you went for it and you asked this person to, uh, to partner with and you were okay. Like if you had gotten a no, it would have been more about that person than it would have been about you. Like you are willing to make these bold moves. So to someone who is in that zone of not feeling safe to be seen, like what would you say to them? Yeah. So <laughs> I've got a course called Reach where I, I teach this. I teach like kind of reaching out to people and the way that I see it, is like, I know, I have a core knowing that I am here to build something big. Like, um, so when someone says no to me, I'm just like, oh, you're going to regret that so much later because I'm going to be super yeah. famous. And you're going to be like, I had the option to interview like Brene Brown or like that kind of thing, right? Like imagine the people who had the option to like interview Brene Brown and they're like, no, thanks. I don't know who you are. And then suddenly she's frigging Brene Brown, right? So it's a bit like that. That's how I feel about it. If those people say no, I'm like, it's fine. I don't make it mean anything about me. I feel a little bit sad for them and how much they're going to regret that later. And not in a vindictive way, just be like, oh, oops, you know. Yeah. Um, I just, I think what we have to do is stop making things mean things, you know, like we attach meaning mm -hmm. to everything. If that person says, no, it means they hate me. It means they're laughing at me. It means I'm no good. It means I'm not going to amount to anything. And no, it doesn't. It might just mean that person's books are full right now. Totally. So I think it's this, this process of constantly asking like, oh, I'm telling myself this story. Well, is that the truth? Is it true this person doesn't like me? Do I know that for sure? No, I don't know that for sure. So why beat myself up over it? Why make it my truth? If it doesn't feel good for me, it doesn't have to be my truth. I can choose a different truth. I can choose, oh, that person must be super busy right now. All good, no worries. Yeah. 
So you talked about energy, right? And sort of being in the vibe. Like, I love this. I love about, I love that analogy of the gate, right? Like these things can't pierce me. And then also being in the vibe of like, yeah, I'm going to be on track for a million dollar a year. I'm going to be in the vibe of this. So what do you have anything in particular that, that helps you like be in that high vibe? Um, the money is just a flow on effect. So it's like, it's not so much, you know, everyone talks about being an energetic match for it. For me, it's like, what do I just know underneath it all is meant for me? And therefore, it's not worth questioning it. Like, it's inevitable. If I just know I came here to do big things, and I knew that when I was a kid. Like, when you talk to people a lot of the time, I'm like, what did you just know to be true as a kid before everyone made you question it? And they're like, yeah, I knew I was here for big things. I always goddamn knew that. And I'm like, yeah, you did. And you know it now. You just wobbled on it for a bit when everyone got to you and all the conditioning came and laid it on top of it, right? So what do you know deep down to be true? Well, I know deep down because I know because I feel it. Because when I walk along the beach and when I was living in this tiny, tiny little townhouse, we were really close to the beach, amazing location. It was my partner's brother's house and we needed somewhere to live and he's like have my place for a bit till you figure it out we had this surprise baby on the way and I hadn't settled with my ex yet I didn't have any money like I didn't you know, anyway we rented this little house beautiful spot so what would happen is I would go and walk along the beach and I would look at these stunning beachfront like absolute beachfront mansions and I, every night I would walk along the beach and I would look at them and I would feel in my body I was meant to live in a house like that it wasn't just like, oh, aren't they nice? Or, oh, those rich bastards living in those houses, right? Like, no, it was like, I can feel being in that kitchen. Mm -hmm. I just can feel what this view looks like from that kitchen. And so I just knew that it was for me. So I don't get too bent up about, I don't know how to make it happen. I just know it's for me. And I know that my soul gives me those desires or the universe or whatever you want to call it and call it God, if you like, but like I'm given those desires as guidance. My desires are guidance. And beautiful Amanda Francis taught me that. I will always be grateful for that. And so if my desires are guidance, then I'm also being guided how to get there. So if I'm sitting there on the beach going, I'm meant to live in this in a house like this. And then the next thing that comes into my mind is you are also meant to write a book. Then I'm just going to assume that that book is going to lead me to that house. Yeah. And of course, that's exactly what happened. Yeah. So if I'm like, I just know that I'm supposed to, um, I don't know, like I'm supposed, I know I'm supposed to live in Queensland now. That's another knowing that's come through. Okay, cool. So, all right, well, um, what do you feel called to do? I feel called to message this person. I I'm just not saying her name because it hasn't been announced yet, but it will in the next couple of days. So by the time this comes out, I'll let you know if you can put in the show notes. Yeah. I'll find my page and you'll know. You can probably guess anyway. Yeah. But anyway, um. And then I get this idea and the idea doesn't necessarily line up with, oh, I can see how that idea is going to create that amount of money. I don't need it to be linked like that. I don't need the certainty. I just trust that I will have what's meant for me and I will continue to take my guidance and I will create the life that I'm here to create. And I'm going to have a good time along the way. I'm going to feel present. If I spend too much time thinking about my goals, I'm not in the present moment. And that's been a really big shift for me probably in the last few months. Last year, 2020 was really about building and, you know, getting those six figure months and all that. But I tell you what, I hit six figure months, a couple of them in a row, and I felt nothing. Mm -hmm. I didn't feel what I thought I was going to feel. Yeah, I felt out of my body. I felt disconnected. 
And so since then, I mean, I certainly still make really great money, but I've been much more focused on being present in the moment and enjoying, like experiencing the money that I earn and enjoying the money that I earn and, and continually thinking bigger and bigger and bigger. Because one of the things I've learned from some, I've worked with some of the greatest business coaches that I've ever come across. And one of the things that I've learned from every single one of them is that they too say, I'm just getting started. Right. None of them are going, I've made it. Here I am. Look at me. No, they're not. They're going, oh, Carly, you wait to see what else is in me. Because making multiple six figures a month as a business coach is just the beginning. Yeah. There is so much more to come. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, okay, well, then I might as well have a good time along the way, right? Right. That's so true. I love that you're saying that because I do really feel like there's a sense of like, you know, when you start to get that drive, like kind of getting maybe even hyper-focused around it. So when you have that trust, like, oh, this is meant for me. It's I'm doing the work and it's coming. Then we can also enjoy it. Like enjoy our partners, enjoy our kids, enjoy our vacation and enjoy where we live. Just live it. Not always be focused on like, well, what's next? What's next? Yeah. Yeah. Amen to that. So tell us a little bit about, uh, so soul modes, you talk about your book and for those who are watching and listening, uh, we, I just interviewed Julia Poppleton, who is a soul modes mentor certified by you through your certification program. So anyone who really wants to deep dive into soul modes, you can go to that podcast and clearly to Carly's links as well, but tell us a little bit more about just your inspiration for this book and like sort of what transpired through the writing of it. Yeah, um, that book just needed to be written. I mean, I was already teaching soul modes. I already had a plan around it. I had a range of t-shirts. Like but the book came almost like last. I was like, I wanted to make this almost mentor program, but I went, I really need to write the book first. So it was basically just this thing that I was teaching and talking about all the time to everyone. And people wanted to be able to share it with other people in a way that like just felt really easy. Like here, read this. So I sort of wrote the book just because I just knew it needed to be done and people were asking for it. Somos I kind of came across just through a process of figuring myself out. Like I said earlier, when I was just broken, I was just so sad and just, I just, I guess I went a bit rogue on self-care and I went, I'm going to unapologetically give myself what I need in every moment so I started journaling all throughout the day it was just a little coping mechanism it was like that or get drunk you know like I needed something to to move the feelings through my body so I would journal and I just noticed this pattern um and I was looking for kind of what it was I knew I was up and down and left and right and all over the place and my ex-husband had told me I was you know crazy and all that um as so often the society tells us it's not because he's a terrible person it's because he just didn't understand what was going on right he's actually really he's a great guy um but we were I don't know young and trying to figure ourselves out and we were parents and all the things so I guess I went looking for like what is this what is this up and down left and right and so I found that you know the four mo- four phases of our menstrual cycle I read a book called The Optimized Woman about that but it just didn't line up with what I was experiencing. At first, I'm like, oh, yeah, this must be it. But also then I fell pregnant. So my period disappeared. Um, So throughout all of this, I was like, I don't think that's it because it's speeding up for me, Mm -hmm. like moving through these four different kind of phases. And I'm like, and I'm finding things different to what's actually in this book. So then I was looking at like the moon cycle. I'm like, no, that's 28 days and this is speeding up. It's not that. So I guess I just found that those things are a thing. Those teachings are valid. I'm not disputing them. I'm saying there's another layer to what we experience. 
Yeah. And it's not just women. It's, it, it, it's, it's even not just people with a womb. It's feminine core beings. Mm -hmm. I think actually everybody experiences the modes, but I think the more feminine you are at your core, mm -hmm. the more you will feel it. Yeah. Because the feminine is ever moving and very cyclical. Right. Um, so there are men that have come to me and said, I experienced this. So, I mean, it was scary. Putting it out into the world was scary because it was new. No one was teaching it. And I was a nobody. I was just, I still don't have it. And I still have got 4,000 followers on Facebook. Like I'm not famous. Yeah. Um, I, was I think that I probably will be. Because I read your I copy before you, before you put it out there. I got to read it before you put it out there. <laughs> Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. So yes, that's so it's cool. Um, so you remember that, right? Yeah. So I guess I knew that it was going to be big. Yeah. I knew that it needed to be in the world. I knew I had discovered something. Yeah. I imagine it's like being a scientist. I call myself a mad scientist. I'm, I don't actually have a science degree, but I, I'm, I'm a bit of a scientist, how I go about things in terms of, um, just being fascinated by things and pulling them apart and questioning everything, asking more questions than I have answers to. Mm -hmm. So I just went about it like that. And I, and I, and I thought, what does a scientist feel like when they've discovered something really big that is different to what every scientist before them has ever talked about. And when they're seeing the whole world going about its days without this information. So mm -hmm. I was looking at this super hardcore masculine, you know, Tony Robbins type approach to personal development with these millions of women or millions of feminine core people doing these programs, thinking that they have to get up at 5am every day and do these affirmations and do this and that and have routine and be disciplined. And I'm sitting here going, actually, guys, here's some really, really helpful information. I'm like, personal trainers, here's why you know, sometimes they don't want to do it. And yeah. nutritionists, here's why. Sometimes we want this kind of food. And like, I'm, and I'm seeing it play out in all of these areas. And I'm sitting there, this, this little pregnant mom. Actually, I think Harry was a baby by the time I started to write the book. I was like, how am I supposed to just come out to the world with this? But I just worked through it and I did. And I went, I don't have a choice. This is bigger than me. So yeah. I had to let the work be bigger than me. I, the, the book was bigger than Carly Marie. Soul Modes is bigger than Carly Marie. You know, like I just had to let it be out there and trust it. So I think that's why I created the Soul Modes mentorship program as well. So then like there's a whole team of us out there, exactly. you know, sharing, sharing this information. You take it beyond yourself. And I think this is like a big point of growth for really any entrepreneur or woman entrepreneur is like taking it from you personally to like allowing it to be in the world. Like, here you go. Like you don't keep your, your child in your house forever. You let them go do their thing. And by creating this mentorship program, I've seen people develop so much beauty even beyond it, like uh, meditations and connecting it to kinesiology and connecting it to like uh, our hormones and things I wouldn't have even thought of. And, you know, one thing I think of for me personally that I've gained is not feeling like I'm wrong. Like if I'm tired, I'm not wrong for being tired. I get to go nourish that. I'll go put on like an amazing meditation and I will come out of that and I might need a little more time, but generally it, it will help me get to that next phase. Like, I'll, like that's bare mode. And then it yeah. lets me get into that super mode where like, I don't want to fold the laundry. I don't want to like work on the tasks. But like, if I just let myself, I don't try to push through like that more maybe unconscious masculine way, then like, then it's okay. It's easier. 
I can just go do it because then like I let my next mode, like I delegate it to that next mode to take care of it. I'm like, you got me. I know you got me. I'll just, I can be patient. It's coming. And then I can get done in like an hour. What would have taken me days to not do. I'm into that. That my heart sings when I hear that. Imagine if all the women of the world, and she's very general language, she's the word woman, but yeah. imagine if all the women of the world did that. Imagine if we all lived with that level of love and care for ourselves. Can mm-hmm. you even imagine? You know, and it yeah. it takes away um comparison between mm-hmm. us and yeah. ugh, it's gl- glorious. That's really true. And that's one thing that kind of gives me chills again. You know, as I hear you talking, like one thing that's really resonating is just how you're so just with the the trusting ourselves like like when we say empowering ourselves really meaning like go with you go be you you know follow those threads because you invented something that was completely new really you know soul modes was completely new at the time it still is to the world you became a wall street journal international best-selling author yeah <laughs> No offense to Amazon, but I mean, you know, people are taking notice. And I remember thinking at the time, I was like, "Mm, I just wait, I'm going to see you on some of these stages. And I just, I could just see it like, Oprah, you're coming (laughs) in the States at least. I could just see it. And, And it's because I think what I see that you're doing differently is just that level of trust. And I think that's what you're really bringing to so many women, as I use the word with an X or whatever, however you want to say it. Like, yeah, like, Let's forget what society maybe has told us and how we were burned at the stake before. Like, no, you go do you, do those bold moves. If someone doesn't like you, that's about them. Get the people to handle it, to be the gatekeepers for you if you need that. Grow with that because we need you. Like, thank, thank, thank God for the things that happened to you and with you that you and you chose to grow through. Like, thank God, you know, I really feel like you're, you're saving lives. To know this stuff, <laughs> it's, it's huge. I mean, it's, it's life-changing. I, I see women in my group too, who have read the book, cause I've talked about it and they're like, oh yeah. It helps them shift, you know, through the anxiety, through the fears, all those things. Might have to have a little cry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <that's beautiful. laughs> so, it's so, crazy, crazy life. Oh my gosh. So I guess I would just ask you, you know, if you were to just, perhaps even look back at your, at your prior self when this was all sort of, I know there's different moments in time. Like, is there something that, like some advice you would give to that prior self? Just bloody trust it. Stop looking for certainty. It's not about certainty. It's about trust. And you said that, right? Um, just that I think discovering soul modes really helped me to see that there is so much magic within us and around us that we do not even know is there. So it began some kind of spiritual awakening for me. Um, Well, it was part of, I mean, you know, I grew up with a yoga teacher in my house. I was meditating before I knew what it was. Like, I think my whole life has been some somewhat spiritual, but that made me go like, oh, like there's so much more. There is so much more to this life than we even realize. So I sort of say that soul modes made me a self-help author my next book, Sorceress, that I'm working on now, that will make me a spiritual leader. We get a little bit more woo-woo. I think that soul modes for many people is the gateway drug into some kind of spiritual opening mm. because when we start to trust ourselves and we give up on certainty, when we realize that nothing is ever certain, nothing is ever guaranteed, all we have is trust, then just a whole world of possibility opens up. 
Yeah. So looking back, I just wanted answers. I just wanted certainty. I just wanted to know how my life was going to go and that everything was going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And everything wasn't going to be the okay that I'd pictured. It was going to be so much better than I even could have imagined. So certainty, I just feels like a box. It just feels like, because if you hadn't told me, like I knew I was here for big things, but I didn't, I didn't know it was this big. So if you had asked me to design it back then, if you had asked me to do a frigging vision board, I wouldn't have been able to even envision what it looks like now. So while I knew I was here for big things, like follow that, but don't necessarily try and pin it down and nail it because you might find the universe has got bigger plans for you than you've got for yourself. Yeah, I remember listening to you, I think with Jana Kingsford, uh, who also an epic Australian coach, mentor, um, talking about making like your 10K month. And you were like, oh my gosh, how, how can I do another one? She's like, no, no, let's talk about your 20K month. Like, let's yeah. not keep it to that. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. Like a 10K month now would be like, oh my God, what happened? But then it was like, ah, I'm so, I was, I remember just thinking, okay, all I have to do now is maintain this. And she's like, why would we want to maintain it? And I was just like, oh my God, there are no limits. I remember when I was I was going for 40, I was excited. I was going to do my 40K month. And at the time I couldn't imagine a hundred. I couldn't even comprehend that that was possible. I'm like, I remember saying that's obscene. I remember I had a lot of negative energy around that kind of money. Mm-hmm. Now I'm here and I'm like, oh, it didn't change me. I'm fine. Yeah. I'm still me. Yeah. It's okay. Mm-hmm. I have a team now. I have a prettier website. Like there's a few things that have changed. Um, I have a nanny three days a week, like some of those things, but I mean, I'm still me. And I think that's the thing for a lot of people is that if they let it grow, if they don't put a ceiling on it, it won't be safe and they will change. Um, but who you are at your core, your core truth isn't going anywhere. That's it's only, you'll do away with conditioning. So yeah, there will be some people who don't like you anymore because, they can't reach the level of depth that you're going to. You you, you don't make sense to them anymore. Yeah. You seem crazy. But I soon realized that I'm not crazy. Just a big chunk of the world is. <laughs> and you the ears of others. And what's interesting, when you talk about this, this book you're writing now, right? Sorceress. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So do, are, you, do you, are you what you would consider like a spiritual person in the sense of tangible things? Like I meditate. I do yoga I you know what I mean like I don't get the feeling when I watch your stuff like that's so what I like about this conversation is it's cool like I do meditate and yet what I love about this is like again it brings the freedom of like you don't have to box yourself in you don't have to be a quote-unquote meditator to achieve this it doesn't have to look like that yeah it's just like what are your practices you know a lot of people have got their practices and they teach their practices like what am I well sometimes curling my hair is a spiritual practice sometimes that makes me it's like what makes you connected to your soul what gets you really really present Mm -hmm. in the moment if you think about even things like ice baths and visualizations and all this stuff it's all just designed to get us present yeah it's all just designed to get us into our body or into our soul or into the moment or whatever you want to call it but like connected right to you right and sometimes curling my hair does that sometimes having sex does that sometimes playing with my kids does that sometimes looking at the ocean does that so like looking at the ocean is a spiritual practice for me I mean I I love a guided meditation when I'm in bear mode 
but I don't even attempt to do it outside of air mode because yeah. I just feel like it would feel a bit forced. So my yeah. spiritual practice is very dependent upon which mode I'm in. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I just don't, I just rejected the, I remember God, it was ugh, a, a psychic person tell me you're going to be one of the great spiritual leaders of our time. And I'm like, I'm not a proper, I don't even have crystals. Like <laughs> I can't be a spiritual leader. I don't use Oracle cards. Like how am I supposed to be a spiritual leader? And the hilarious thing is that my seven-year-old daughter is obsessed with, with crystals and Oracle cards. So I actually do use them, but like with her as a bedtime thing. Yeah. And um, so it's hilarious. And I don't know, people think that I'm saying those things about a few people get a bee in their bonnet now and again, when they talk about this and like, you don't have to use crystals. You don't have to do yoga. Like if you feel called to your soul's going to guide you to your spiritual practices. Mm-hmm. Um, but if your yeah. spiritual practice is like, I don't know, boxing, then exactly. great. Cool. Yeah. Right, yeah. right. Whatever, like, you know, you know. Yeah. Well, what I would love to know is how can we find you what do you got going on what's your programs going on like where can we of course this will be in the show notes as well but yeah I've got a little I've got a fun free thing running at the moment called the 10 day slay which I ran last year and was really really popular so if you go to carlymarie.com forward slash 10 day slay that's a cool one if you want to have a little taste like if you want to build an audience um, and you want to sell some stuff then that's a cool little taste of my work so probably head there but otherwise just search for Carly Marie on all the socials and you can search for soul modes as well that it has its soul modes has its own kind of page so yeah. yeah you'll find me i'm around i'll come check my podcast out which is called go hack yourself or genius unleashed depending when you're listening to this <laughs> podcast exactly yes go binge on carly marie well any last little note you want to leave us on oh just thank you it's just so nice to talk with you i sometimes i forget i haven't done a podcast in a little an interview in a while i forget how great it is i forget how cool it is to be asked questions by someone else who yeah. sees something in you um so huge thank you for having me and oh, um thank you yeah it was a really good chat thank you you asked great questions oh i'm so glad well i mean when you're obsessed with someone <laughs> not like in a creepy way but <laughs> i hear you I've, i love doing interviews i um yeah, I absolutely love being able to, I mean, this is the thing, right? Like if you want to create great things, then like find people who have done something like that and then learn what they believe to be true, exactly. like pick their brains. I mean, you know, you could have been like, how do I grow my social media following? But you're like, Hey, like, what do you believe to be true about this? Like, that's the more important questions. Yeah. You know, I did a podcast series recently could how, how wealthy women think. Mm-hmm. And I just asked a whole bunch of questions. Like, what do you believe to be true about a whole bunch of things? Because it's our beliefs that create our reality. So this is why interviews like this are really great because you get to kind of dive into what's the processing behind that, not the strategies, not the things you're doing, but what's the thinking in your mind that got you to come up with those strategies? You know, if you're, if you are really, this is why the, you know, they say the mindset's more important than the strategy. Well, strategies are important, but you'll come up with your own incredible strategies if your head's in the game, if you're connected to your soul, if you're not telling yourself any stories or you know what to do when you are, you know? If you're brilliant, I want to know how you think. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. That's why I believe in coaching and mentoring. I mean, I'm not the biggest um, fan of a lot of what goes on in the coaching industry in general. I think there's a lot of things that need to change. Mm -hmm. But also I think that coaching and mentoring is a really valid offering. I'm not a coach who wrote a book. I'm an author who coaches. So I think that, a lot of people 
could be thinking much bigger than the coaching industry. And I think that's where I come in for a lot of people is to help them go, oh, wait, hold on. There's so many other things I can also be doing. It's not about working my way up the coaching hierarchy. But this yeah. is why I believe in it because you just get a backstage pass to someone's mind and, and the, you know, the inner workings of the computer kind of thing. So exactly. it's really valuable. So thank you. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate you. I hope you enjoy a lovely afternoon. <laughs> And uh, yeah, I'll, this will all be in the show notes where to get in touch with you. And I'll see you around the internet. See you soon. Bye, love. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, subscribe. You can also leave some stars and a comment so you can help others know about this podcast and benefit from it as well. I would love to invite you into my membership sisterhood group, sisterhood group of soul-led women who are seeking clarity and using our intuition to turn our passions into profits. I have a special for podcast listeners. It's only a dollar to join for your first month. You get a whole catalog of courses to help you lead your soul-led life and weekly classes on everything from speaking your truth to how to use intuitive tools like pendulum, like the tarot, like crystals. There are hot seats for you to explore your gifts and special guests as well. It's a beautiful place to be with an incredible group of supportive women. It truly is a sisterhood. I would love for you to join. You can join using the link bit.ly backslash activate membership group. That is bit.ly backslash activate membership group. I'd love to get you in there. Till next time.